You're listening to audio from Cornerstone Church. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Let's jump in. All right, so that's how, how you guys enjoying the popcorn? Huh? Nice? Right? Special thanks to uh, some of our elders in our church, Terry and Theta Shank, for doing that. Uh, he is Mr. Popcorn. That's some of the best popcorn ever right there. I mean, that's homemade, y'all. That is so fantastic. So special thanks to those guys for helping us with that. And so glad you're here today. And so we're going to have a good time in this series. And um, just want to remind you, as we're in the series, we're starting it called Who is Jesus? And I want to share, before we get into some of the clips, um, I'm not trying to answer this uh, personally. Uh, I could give you some theological definitions of Jesus. That's not really the point of this. Because um, a lot of people ask the questions, uh, of who is Jesus? I mean, there's all kinds of religious leaders that have been around that people have questions about who are they and why should I follow them? And um, across the world, right now, the globe, um, half the globe, I guess you'd say, population-wise, um, are somewhat adherent to some sort of faith, some sort of religion. They believe in something. And it can't all be right. <laughs> Somebody's wrong. And uh, so... I'm not here to try to persuade you during this series. If you're here today and you came with a friend or they drug you along or whatever, I'm not here to try to persuade you as much as I'm asking the Holy Spirit for the real Jesus, God Almighty, to reveal himself. Um, I'm going to give some things. I'm going to show some videos. I think videos are great, and I think they hopefully bring a part of maybe Jesus we maybe haven't seen before, or just a thought, maybe. Um, These are actors, by the way. I just want you to know this. So if you're Googling them, they're actors. Please disregard that. That's not, you know, here nor there. But um, I do want to say thanks to The Chosen for allowing us to show this. Uh, so you can watch this for free, but they allowed us to, do, to stream this and do this. Um, so special thanks to those guys and the Come and See Foundation who allowed us to be able to share this with no charge. So you're getting to participate in this as, as a gift from the Lord. And so um, during this time, I'm going to show you some videos and some clips. And The Chosen, if you've not heard of this before, I just want to share this because they've been so gracious in giving us this. Let me tell you a little bit about this. The Chosen is a television series that allows people to get to know the authentic Jesus through the eyes of the women and men who followed him. We meet a good number of those followers in season one, et cetera, et cetera. They go through different people. But it's a, it's, that's the essence of it. And it's a free, you can go on their app and you, you can Google all that stuff and find it. But you can go in there and, and you can watch all the episodes free. And I encourage you. I was watching them again. And um, they're even more impactful, I think, the second time around. Or third, even. But So as we talk today a little bit, we're going to talk in this series, in these clips, all about um, are we worthy to follow Jesus? You know. Um, so if you're here today, sometimes we all have these questions of if God is the true and living God, which we believe that he is, okay, um, I believe that Jesus is based on not his own um, statement himself of saying he was the Son of God. I believe it because um, of not just what he's done for me in my life. Um, I have seen countless t- change in people's lives and testimonies, and I've, the, the, the proof is overwhelming even from an unbelieving standpoint. Um, you can... Study out even if you don't believe in Christ. And there are so many proofs about Jesus, you would have to struggle to deny who he is. Um, if you really pursued the just proof without belief. So anyway, if he is who he says he is, which we believe that he is, then, then who is he? 
Because some people call him different things. Even in the old scriptures, they call him a prophet, a teacher. He even asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? And that was an interesting question because he wanted to know. And they said things like, well, you are John the Baptist. You know, maybe Elisha from the t- another prophet. We don't know. Um, but he said, who do you say that I am? Now, for many of us in this room, maybe he's something to you that he might not be for other people. That's the beauty of Jesus, is that you could have grown up your whole life in a church, never been saved, and you might know him as the one who released you from religion. But you could talk to somebody else who never grew up in a church, and for them, they may see he's the one one that revealed the beauty of the faith to them, and religion isn't a negative thing to them, it's very positive because of Jesus. Who is Jesus to you? Now, he is who he is on his own, but for each of us, man, he comes at us and visits us in different ways in the way in which we need him, and he knows exactly what you need when he comes. So as we go into this today, I just want to remind you, you can invite someone with you if you want to. These cards are out front. You can go invite some friends if you want. There's also QR codes on our website. You can go on our line, cornerstonerome.com, and get all that information. You can text people, invite your friends. We'd love for them to come, eat some popcorn, and watch some movie clips. So... Let me give you the statement and then we'll open up with the first clip, okay? Even the seemingly unworthy are worthy to follow Jesus. So no matter who you think that it is, maybe you think, well, I'm a pretty good person. Maybe you think somebody else might not be. Well, they're probably not good enough to follow Jesus. Can I just tell you something today? Even those who seem unworthy to follow Jesus are worthy to follow Jesus. You cannot base what you know or see about an individual on whether or not they are worthy to follow Jesus because he calls all unto himself. Anyone who will come, he will let them sit at his table. So we're going to introduce this series with this first clip, and this is about Andrew telling Peter that he has found or heard the Messiah. And then I'm going to read you the text of the scripture that we're going to talk about today. But I just wanted you to, to see the background of Peter because he's going to be the character we're going to use today. And I want you to see, probably, I think these clips really do fit these characters pretty well. Because when I read about Peter, I'm telling you, the brother had issues. And I love it because I have issues. So it makes me feel really good that God would call Peter with issues to lead his church. So it makes me feel really good to see a disciple and an apostle with some real issues that Jesus came to to help. So let's look at this first clip and, and with Andrew talking to Peter about Jesus. So before we really look at Peter, I think the background gives you an idea about his condition a little bit. I mean, you have to understand in their culture, the Messiah was, he is the promised um, deliverer of Israel. They were under Roman occupation, so look, they were looking everywhere. And based on, like I said, proof without belief, okay, you don't have to have faith to prove Jesus was who he said he was. They knew he was alive in, in their region during this season. Within a three-year window of time, they knew it was time for him to come. Based on the numbers and the dates in the Bible, they were down. You can date it down to about three years. He would have been around. That's why there's a three-year discrepancy between his birth and his death. People, it's, it's an approximate because, you know, timelines and different things. But they, they knew. So by knowing this, even that, he's skeptical. And you can hear why. His, his finances are a mess. 
His mom-in-law is living with him. She's sick. He's got real issues going on. He's married. Some of the other disciples aren't, but he's married, so he's got a family. But he's thinking about all these. He's got a lot of weight and a lot of pressure, and he's skeptical about Jesus being who he said he was. Now, maybe you're here today, and maybe you got your stuff all straight, and you're great, and that's fine. But I think for most of us, man, there's times where we just don't have everything straight. And in those times, it puts the, it puts the pressure on you to... to Ask, is he really who he says he is? So we're going to read this now that you have a little backdrop of Peter and how his attitude is. Now we're going to read the story in Luke 5 about um, the miracle of these, this abundance of fish that, were, that blessed him in his business by Jesus, okay? So let me read it to you and then we'll show you the clip in a moment. So Luke 5 and verse 1, this is the only scripture I'm going to use today. So Luke 5, 1 through 11 but it's packed with a lot of meat. I would encourage you, uh, just read it later or read it on the screen, but go back and read it some this week as well. It says, Now it happened that while the crowd was pressing around Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them, and they were washing their nets. Now, the reason why is because they fished at night. They used nets during the daytime, bad time to fish. It's not like here, you know, you go fishing for fun. This is a fishing business. At night, that's how they did it. So they've been working all night long. And they're mending their nets because at the end of the night, you get snagged on different things. If you've ever been in Israel, things are rocky. It's, very, it's not like, you know, get out in Weiss Lake where it's a bunch of clay and mud. There's a lot of rocks there. Things will get torn and ripped. And so they're mending the nets. Now they finished their day. They're washing their nets. They're getting done. Now they are mending their nets. They're tired. And so it says he got into one of the boats, which was Simon Peter's. And he asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon said, master or teacher. It's a bit of a sarcasm in his voice. You can't see it here, but it's more like, okay, preacher. Like, you know, I've worked 40 hours this week. What do you want? Why do you want to come over? You want to pray for me? Okay, preacher. It's, it's kind of like that, okay? So he says, master or teacher or preacher. We worked hard all night long and caught nothing, meaning while you were sleeping, we've been working. That's kind of the... Anyway, but I will do as you say and let down the nets. It's a bit of sarcasm, Okay. So when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all of his companions because of the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear, from now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and they followed him. Now Peter is a big character in the Gospels. You'd have to read him to understand who he is. There's so much about him. But he is what you see. Like he's foot in the mouth on one statement and loving Jesus the next. I mean, God bless him, you know, he's not like John. John has written, John seems like he's got his life just perfect. He's like the Christian you look at and go like, give me a break. I mean, really, like everything just seems to just work for you. Your Bible opened up to the verse today. It's ridiculous. Peter's not, Peter's like, 
he's like the guy who got in, and y'all wonder, like, man, why doesn't God smite him? Like, what? He's just that guy. And Peter, though, is used by God to spark the movement of the church of Jesus Christ. And the interesting thing about Peter is this. They, they're there. This moment is a miracle that happens. I'm about to show you the, the clip. But it's very revealing. And you see the kind of person that Peter is when he's face-to-face with something that he cannot deny. And so I want you to look at this clip. This is the miracle of the fish. So take a look at this clip. So when you see Peter in this clip, you think about he's got a business, nothing's working right, and then all of a sudden, it's like getting everything up to, to date. Books are, are, are settled in one moment. So he's really convicted by this, as, as everyone else there, that you know, this is Jesus and, and what he's done for him. You know, <clears throat> but Peter's very tired. He's exhausted. You can hear him by him talking. He's just tired. I think sometimes we think, well... If I'm tired physically, if I'm tired spiritually, am I worthy to really follow Jesus? Jesus just called a man who's exhausted mentally, physically, spiritually, all of it. So I'll just say this to you. Those who are tired are worthy to follow Jesus. So Jesus gives these interesting statements to those. He says, are you tired? Come unto me, all of you who are heavy laden and burdened down, and I will give you rest. That's his promise. If you're tired, the most important thing you could ever do, if you're, you feel like you're spiritually exhausted, you feel like I'm just so tired, I don't even think, God, I have nothing for God, that's the best time to go to God. Because when we are in our weakest, that's when he can really show up the greatest. But when you see this, it's almost like he's saying, I, we have waited for the Messiah so long, and we've never seen him come. It's almost like he was saying, I'm no longer expecting him to come through for me. And can I just encourage you this morning, if you're tired, if you're exhausted, and you're at a place where you feel like, man, I just don't think he's coming through for me, I, I'm done, I'm just on my own, maybe just give him one more chance to get in your boat. Maybe just give him one more chance to get into your boat. Because all of us are exhausted at some point. I'm telling you, I get tired, the person beside you gets tired, everybody gets tired sometimes. But you're still worthy to follow Jesus, even if you are exhausted. And if you're afraid it's left you unworthy, these, these are the words of Jesus uh, that he told Peter. So I'm going to put these up there every couple of points I make here. So here's the, here are these words of Jesus. Do not be afraid. And here are the words of Jesus. Follow me. Do not be afraid and follow me. The second thing you see with this in this verse of Scripture is those with little faith are worthy to follow Jesus. Man, he said, Master, we worked all night long, caught nothing, but I'll do what you say. I'll do what you say. It's almost like he's saying, okay, you know, whatever. I'll do it. Like, that's some half-hearted faith. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really, you, you, that's not really given a whole lot. But Jesus accepts that. He says, you know what? At least you're giving me something to work with. You don't have to have great faith. All you need is some little, small amounts of faith. Just believing in just a little bit, and he can work with that. When you see his attitude, it sees, you see him and what he's kind of thinking, even if there's just something there that God can work with. Can I use your boat to preach on? <laughs> can I? Okay, preacher, whatever. It might have been flippant and sarcastic and a little bit snarky, but it was something that Jesus could work with. 
Listen, man, he's not looking for, for perf- uh, perfection. He's not looking for people that just got it all together. He just needs some little stuff. Like he said, if you just have the faith, the size, and they're small, mustard seed. We have some in our house. They're like a grain of sand size. Little, small. You don't, even have, to, you don't have to be some big televangelist and all this stuff. All you need to be is just have a small amount of faith. Let me ask you this question here before we go further, though. Can I ask you this morning, if you feel like you don't have a lot of faith, can I ask you what was it that led to the depletion of your faith? Maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus at all, and that's fine too. We'll talk about that in a moment, but, and I'd love to pray with you. But if you're here and you're having a hard time believing in Jesus, or maybe you do believe in Jesus and you're having a hard time because you feel like you're just depleted spiritually, like you have so little faith. What was it, can you think about what the thing that brought you to the place that depleted your faith? If you go back and look, most of the time it's circumstances in life, it's things that come at us. But the Lord is still faithful. If you were to look back at other things in your life, you could probably see some times where he came through for you and it was a shock and a surprise. Things do come at us all and it will wear you down, but he's there to help pick you back up again. We just got to give him just a little bit of something to work with this morning. So again, let me just read these again to you. Hear the words of Jesus. Do not be afraid. And hear these words of Jesus. Follow me. So if you're tired this morning, if you feel like you don't have a lot of faith, you're still worthy to follow Jesus. He calls all of us. The last little thing out of this verse of scripture we see is this. And this is the one I think we all kind of struggle with a little bit is the one who is imperfect is worthy to follow Jesus. If this was about a religion, okay, you know what? I'll be the first one to line us up and head out the door. Okay, I'm just going to tell you. Because I don't have it all together in that component, in that area. Religion, it's too tiresome. But if it's about relationship, relationship works because there's love and respect and honor for one another. And that's what this is about. It's not about religion. So when Peter sees this, he sees this miracle. He says, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For amazement had seized him and all of his companions because of the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not fear. From now on, you're going to be catching men. When they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. And Peter's saying, go away from me. I'm a sinful man. Now, we don't know. There's no... There's plenty of things going forward you can see about Peter, okay? <laughs> There's a good many things you can kind of, okay, I see him, I see him, some of his mistakes. But you really don't see anything before that tells us about what did he do that was so wrong? Like, what was he so heavy guilted, you know, about? What? Get away from me. So Jesus does a miracle for him, and all of a sudden he's like, his sin is so apparent to him now that he says, get away from me, I'm a sinful man, I, I, you can't be around me. Like, it's almost like he was a leper. Like, you know, like he's got, like, he's just done the unpardonable sin or something. We have no record of what he did. And we don't really, there's nothing about he and his wife. There's nothing about, you know, you know, is he running around town? He's got a huge debt in a business. There's nothing about him going around stealing. There's nothing around, about, you know, there's just really nothing there. So whatever it was, it was in his own mind that was built up to a place that he felt Jesus couldn't do anything with. Now, isn't it funny? He just did a miracle with fish. 
just canceled his debt and his business. But he doesn't believe that Jesus has the ability to cancel his spiritual debt. And I just want to encourage you this morning, it doesn't matter where you think you fall on the scale with Jesus. You're worthy to follow him because of his work and not what you do. There's not one person, look, no matter if you're here today and, and you're looking around the room thinking, oh, and no, I bet they got their stuff together. I bet you they don't. Like, I know a lot of them, okay? Like, <laughs> just telling you, just telling you. And if you talk to my wife, she would tell you, I don't have it together either. Okay? Just to be fair. We, we're, we're imperfect people. All of us are. We have shortcomings. We have flaws. We have things that we have to ask God to help us with. But because of what he did for us, we can follow Jesus. And this isn't the only time. We'll, you could see this later about Simon Peter. It's not the only time Jesus had to convince him to keep following him. There's some more stories that you could read about him. So let me just throw this out as we wrap up this point. All of us, I think, could admit we're far from perfect. But we all struggle. I'll put this on the screen for you because I want you to see this, this statement. We all struggle to believe that the one who is perfect will make room for such imperfect followers. It's, it's very difficult sometimes to understand how someone who is so holy and without sin would leave what he had to come here for us. And how is it that someone so holy and so perfect would allow us to follow him when he knows we're going to make mistakes? But that's the beauty of Jesus and who he is. He calls those who are exhausted and tired and spent. He calls those who are in the room that, that look around and you know, say, I, I just don't have anything left in the tank. I've got no more faith. I, I, I got nothing. When you're at your lowest point, he's saying, knocking on your door, saying, I'm here. Like, I, I, I really would like to call you. I'd really like to, you, you to follow me right now. I got nothing to give you. That's okay. I got everything to give you. I just need you to follow me. And if you're in this room right now and you're struggling with perfection, well, I just, you know, if you knew what I did, I bet you, you know what? Most of us don't really know. It's what we all build up in our head. We think, oh, what, look what I did, look what I did. But you don't know what everyone else has done. We all have fallen short numerous times. If God would call Peter and ask him to lead his church and call him again after he falls away and calls him again, why would he not call you and I to follow him this morning? Jesus makes room for all of us. So let me ask you this question. What imperfection is limiting you in following Jesus? Like if he would pull you to the side this morning, not me, and you can only talk to him because he already knows it anyway, right? So it's not a secret. But if you, he pulled you to the side and said, hey, listen, Jody, can I ask you a question? What is it with this one thing that you keep bringing up to me like as if I don't know about it and as if I can't handle it? 
why is this the limiting thing between you and I? Because like my grace is sufficient. I, I, I've shed my blood. I've died for you. Why is this one imperfection limiting you from following Jesus? So let me ask you, put these on the screen again for you, these words of Jesus. Have courage this morning. Hear the words of Jesus. Do not be afraid. He can deal with your imperfections. But hear these words of Jesus. Follow me. He calls all of us to follow him. And most of us are uncertain about these relationships and how, I guess you'd say, how will he respond if we do follow him? You know, whether it's the first time or it's further. And can I just encourage you this morning, if you have never followed Jesus, he always asks us to follow him again. Like, this isn't a one-time deal. There's times when you get face-to-face with him and he says, I need you to follow me. Yeah, I thought I was already following you. Yeah, but I need you to follow me over here. I don't want to follow you over there. I, I, I just, I'm not into that. Why, why, why are you going over there? I was cool and cozy right here. What, what are you doing? But he does that. Like when he gets in your boat, he'll fix stuff, but he'll ask you to follow him too. He never stops asking you to follow him. So don't think, well, I've never followed Jesus before. Trust me, everyone in the room gets face-to-face with Jesus more than once in their life. And he says, hey, it's time to follow me again into something new or something else. But all of us are called to follow Jesus more than once. And this isn't in your Bible, uh, uh, the full stories you know, that you're going to see here next. But it is, these are some of the liberties that they're taking with these, these movies, these, these um, series, if you will. So the clip I'm about to show you here is, is the idea between Peter and his wife. Now, Peter was married. Some of the other disciples were not. So Peter has a different responsibility. He has a relationship with his wife. And sometimes it's often viewed that if you follow God, you know, you got to give up everything else. It's really, you follow him, yes, first. Yes, everything else. Give, but at the same time, he understands your relationships. Let you have a relationship with your kid. Following Jesus shouldn't take away from that. Following Jesus shouldn't take you from your spouse. Following Jesus shouldn't affect you negatively in relationship with your parents or, or another friend. Unless they decide to not follow Jesus. That could be an issue. But for the most part, following Jesus will enhance your relationships across the board. And so Peter, again, this is a little bit of liberty they're taking. But I can imagine him being this way, wondering what's his wife going to think because now he has decided to follow Jesus. And maybe you're thinking this right now, what's it going to cost me if I follow Jesus further than I am right now? So I wanted to show you this clip. This is about Simon Peter and his wife and how people might respond differently to you if you give it all in and follow Jesus. So take a look at this last clip. So this morning, so I wanted to leave you with that because I wonder like sometimes how, you know, we may feel like how are the people going to react if I follow Jesus 100%? You know, what are they going to think? You know, like, what, what, what's, what's going to happen to my friends? Will they still like me? Like, what if I buy a Bible? I'm going to freak everybody out. They're going to call me a religious nut. You know, 
What if I start following Jesus, like at this point where, like, I start talking to them about Jesus too? Then they're going to think I'm some kind of a, like, oh man, he's just gone off the rails. What if I lose by following him? You know, I want to be very honest with you. Like, this is where my religious thing doesn't work well because I'm not good at that. I'm a little too uh, open sometimes and transparent about things. Um, I'm going to be very honest with you. If you make the decision to follow Jesus, you're not guaranteed for things to always be better. Like, you might face some struggles. But I want to tell you the 100% truth on this. It is far better with him in the struggle than without him. Like the weight and the pressure that you might be feeling, the, the, the thing of not having enough faith or maybe tired or exhausted or maybe you don't feel like you're good enough, all that is easier managed with Jesus than without. It, it's really hard to walk through life, to me, uh, without him. And the idea is this. He says, if you follow me, yes, you might lose. You might lose your life if you come and follow him. Meaning, you got to give up selfishness in my own way. When I follow him, I'm giving up some stuff. It's true. You deny yourself. You take up his cross, if you will. Or take up your cross. He went first as an example. And you follow him. There are some things you might lose. Yes, you might. But I'm telling you, it's worth it all. And so this morning, I'd love to pray for you right now. We do this every week at our church. Um, I'm going to pray for you. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I would love to lead you in that prayer this morning. Maybe you're here and I, I want you to know we're not going to make you come down front. I'm not going to call you out of your seat or anything like that. We pray together as a church. And I do that because I, I don't want any barrier between you and the Lord. All right, We'll talk to you about how you can follow up in a moment with that. But right now, if you're here, I'm just ask you to, you know, close your eyes and, and bow your head just for a moment and I'm going to let you go. But, but if you're here, can I just plead with you to follow Jesus this morning? And um, if that's you with your eyes closed, no one's looking around, no one's going to embarrass you. But if you just say, hey, Pastor Jody, you know, I would like to follow the Lord Jesus Christ today. Or maybe you're not in relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's just been a struggle. And you say, man, I, I just need to, I need to come back to the Lord or I need to renew my faith in Christ today. If that's you and you're in this room, no one's looking, no one's going to call you out. It's just for me right now, okay? If you're here, would you just slip your hand up briefly for me so I can see it? No one's going to call you out. I just, just for me so I can see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? You say, hey, Pastor Joe, just, could you pray for me this morning? That's, that's for me. Just slip your hand up so I can see it there. Thank you, brother. I got you in the back. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Amen. Anybody else before we go? You say, just pray for me, Pastor Jody. Gotcha, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. I see you. It's wonderful. Thank you, sir. While we're here, thank you, ma'am. I see you. Anybody else before we go? Don't want to rush. Just giving you a moment. All right, so let's do this. 
Just close your eyes. Keep them closed. We're going to pray together as a church. You're not going to be by yourself. We're going to pray together right now. Whole church is going to pray with you. You will not be by yourself. I promise you, people pray with you right now, and you will not be alone in this. But I want you to repeat this after me because the Bible says, if a man or woman believes in their heart, they need to confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. So you believe in your heart Jesus died for your sins. He was resurrected from the dead. And he has come to give you eternal life. You believe that. So what you do is, now you believe in your heart, you need to say it out loud with your mouth. The scripture teaches us that these prayers, we pray this confession of faith, if you will, out loud to Jesus. So that's what we're going to do right now. So just repeat this after me. The whole church will be with you. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today and I give you my life. I give you my heart. And I surrender everything today to you. Thank you for forgiving me and for saving me. In Jesus' name, I make you the Lord of my life. Amen and amen. Man, if you pray that prayer, we're so proud of you. Right, church, would you give him a hand right now? So proud of you for that. So proud of you. And I saw you, some of you fellows in here, I saw you. Listen, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for stepping there and taking a step towards the Lord. And uh, you ladies as well, so proud of you. And I just think, I just want you to, Gary's going to come up, Gary Majet, he's going to close out the rest of the, the, the service day for you. And I just want to encourage you, as he gives you some instruction, if, you're, if you prayed that prayer, you want to get started walking with the Lord. Very simple. You can either scan right here. Very simple. Any, even if you didn't pray that prayer, if you want some help following Jesus, just scan that. It'll take you. It's a simple process. We won't bombard you. We just want to help you. Because as a believer, trust me when I tell you this, you need someone to help you walk with him. It's important because the enemy will try to distract you and deter you from what you're doing. You need people to come around you. So you can do that. And if you don't have a phone to take a picture with, you can take a card in the seat back in front of you. You can just fill that out for us. And you can drop it off in one of those offering boxes on your way out the door. And we'll do the same process with you that way as well. So I'm super proud of you. Thank you for praying that prayer today. We're very proud of you. Right, church? Give me a hand one more time as you welcome Gary this morning. And that was really good today, wasn't it? I really enjoyed that part. You know, I was just thinking as I saw that last clip that it's so important um, in a marriage to have Jesus in the middle of it. And I could just picture my wife saying that to me. When has it ever been easy? Um, because of me. Uh, <laughs> um, our prayer partners are going to come up front. If, if you would like to have somebody pray with you today, if this is the first time maybe you accept the Lord, you just want somebody to, to tell them and pray with you. These folks will be up here. Uh, after service as well. Just want to remind you again, I told you earlier, baptism is next week. If today you decided to follow Jesus for the first time, you decide you want to get baptized next week, uh, just sign up for that as well. You can either sign up, do the QR code thing. You can sign up at the information center after that. We've already got several people lined up next week, so you wouldn't be alone, uh, but I encourage you to do that because we believe in water baptism. Also want to remind you the the way we give here at church. If you're new here, we don't pass a plate around. You may have noticed that. We have offering boxes at the back doors of the auditorium as you leave. You can give online. You can text to give. Uh, there are a lot of different ways you can give. And we just thank you for supporting your local church. Um, also want to remind you, if you signed up for Catch the Vision, we do this the first Sunday of every month. 
Uh, we talk a little bit about what Cornerstone is about, how you can become a part of it, most importantly, uh, kind of what makes us tick. If you're signed up for that or you decided today you want to do that and you're not here, um, just meet back here by the uh, uh, sound sound booth back here about 10 minutes after service, and, and we'll get you um, hooked up with those guys there as well. So if you'd stand, we're going to send you out with the Lord's blessing out of numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. God bless you. Thanks for being here today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.